I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this week, uh, just like every other week, we have a new topic that we're going over, a new geek topic every single week is what we do. Uh, today is Amazon Prime's The Boys. It's a Prime original, uh, and I mean, I think they're advertising it on Twitch itself, so you might have already seen uh, the trailer and everything, but we're here to talk about the first three episodes of season two, uh, which got bulk released, three episodes, and they're releasing one episode every week after this point. So we're here to talk about what's gone on so far. Uh, but I can't do this alone. I can't talk uh, by myself for too long. So let me introduce to you guys the guests that I have today. Our first guest, you've seen him on the Keeg Live before, uh, on the Batman two-parter episode. His name is Hero Carlisle. Hero, how you doing, man? Hello, fellow Keegers. It is I, Hero, returning once again to talk about nonsense and flex my geek muscle. <laughs> there's something there's something great about your voice. When I hear your voice, it just brings me back to the podcast days. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, where it was just our voices, I guess. And it was like, yes. Oh. But now people can Those see you. Days. Now yeah. people can see me and go, well, that voice doesn't match that face. There's, a, what do there's you th- a disconnect. What do you think people imagine your face looking like, given your voice? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a clown is what I is mostly what I think of, like like a schlubby clown, like a like a Pennywise really? type character. Yeah. Really, I don't know. I'm gonna ask Daniel what he thinks that you would look like, given your voice. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, um, I can't wait to hear that answer. Because <laughs> Daniel Daniel shoots straight. You know what I mean? Like yes, he's a he straight does. shooter. Uh, he is so a straight he, shooter. He's gonna he's gonna tell you what it is. Uh, who's Daniel though? For anyone listening to the podcast of this, they wouldn't have seen Daniel. Know what he looks like. Um, but if you're watching the Twitch, he's that little screen right over there. Let's introduce Daniel Eichus. It's his first time to the Keeg Live, but he's been on the Keeg back before. So if you recognize him, uh, you may recognize him from that or from uh, doing stand up comedy uh, around. The nation, El Nacion. It's I don't think Nacion's I get a I get recognized a lot more for uh, keep my time on the keyback. I get stopped a lot at grocery yeah. stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially right now these days, you know. Yeah, I do a lot of online shopping, but people still tell me when I uh, when they I'm gonna deliver your order, but aren't you the guy from the keyback? And I tell them, that probably. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's been a lot of people. We, we just did our 18th episode of The Keek Back last night. So, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, wow. a lot of people. Congratulations yeah. on 18. You're finally legal. <laughs> uh, yeah, which yesterday we did, a, we did a drinking episode, and we were talking a lot about, like, what it was like drinking at 18 and before it's legal. It's a whole different drinking culture. So It is. You know, it is. Uh, 21, you don't have to hide, but 18, you have to hide. Um, you gotta keep it secret, it was, gotta keep it safe. Yeah. It was fun, though. I, I wouldn't mind if they just, right now, made a law that you have to be 40 to drink again. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, that clandestine element is what really get got me going with the drinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be down if they did it. Write yeah. your congressman, uh, Twitchers. Write I, your our, congressman. Our, of drinking to 40 years old. So it's it's prohibition again? Is that what it is? 
I mean, it worked out so well the first time. I think second time's the charm. Yeah, we'd get right? some fun. Uh, we'd get a whole new genre. Like, we'd get a nice, like, five years of films and TV episodes about it. And uh, it'd be nice. Yeah. What's that? What's that sound in the background? That's my cat. Oh. D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Of course you, uh, yeah. Okay. Of course you would name like a cat you... D'Artagnan. Yes, I would. I like how you were confused to me. That was like the most cat sounding cat noise no. I've ever heard. And <laughs> right. Like, what in the world is that noise? No, because. Building uh, suspense. Yeah. Because my my internet connection went unstable, so your guys' uh, voices got weird. And then there was like a cat. I'm like, it could be a cat, or it could be something completely different. So, it's a cat. It's a cat. Now we know. Yes, it's a cat. Um, you guys, uh, you guys are two of the uh, most available guests uh, that I know. Um, well, thank you for as, that as insult. Scheduling. No, uh, I was gonna say you guys are the two of the funniest people that I know. Uh, but then you guys. Yeah, are but also... you didn't. That's not what you said. You said we're the most available. You said yeah. we had nothing else going on. You didn't lead with you're the funniest. Fuck you. I'm hey, not. I, but hey, I I'm... saw your uh, I saw your show last night doing stand up. You were very available up there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always love getting those compliments. You know? uh, I I don't know. I I feel like I know I've known you guys for for a long time. So it's like. Should I give you the compliment? Would that be more, uh, would that be better? It'd be unexpected. Just, it would be unexpected, I think. So yeah. I'm saving the compliments for it really when it really matters. When it's like okay. 3 a.m., 3 a.m., I've been drinking a little, and I'm like, I miss you guys. You guys mean yeah. so much. You guys mean so much to me. And I could read like, people our, our 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 text exchanges from three in the morning when you are uh, drunk and you no, text I'm good. me. I'm good. <laughs> think, think how much funner that would be though if I get to write back, "You're drinking, but you're not forty. It just. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? Where'd you get that stuff? <laughs> Do you know a forty-year-old that could score <laughs> us some booze? <laughs> can you imagine you if we went back to that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. I, it's like, can you imagine going back to that and like going? You're you're 39 and you're outside a liquor store trying to bum booze from a 40 year old. <laughs> can you? Ah, I just I don't want to go back to that. That's something I do well, not want to go back to. I think the toughest part would be like when we were like 18. It was like it was like 24 year olds buying alcohol most of the time i feel like yeah. for me and it's like yeah that's the age where you want to seem cool but if you're trying to get a 40 year old to buy you alcohol they'd be like no I, i'm not going to <laughs> no here's how you do it i've already thought about this you go to trader joe's and you go to the wine section where there's a bunch of 60 year old men who always want to talk to you anyway because they're like my wife's getting getting uh lunch meat but i'm getting the wine and you could be like that's cool could you get me some wine old timer and you'd be like hell yeah you guys need to get drunk. I remember when I was a kid. Like that's how you do it. I'm, like I'm it. glad that would work for you. Um, I don't know yes. whether it would work for everybody. I think I feel like if I go uh, go bother people at Trader Joe's, um, I think there might be problems. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, very true. 
I don't know. I feel like all those like Karen videos happen at like Trader Joe's or yeah, Trader some... Joe's is pretty white privilege. Like just it's, it's the white privilege of supermarkets. I mean, well, kind of. It... I'd say lunch meat sections in general. um uh we got we got some comments uh one guy who was trying to solicit uh us uh some guy in the comments was like i will provide twitch live stream viewers you will get 100 percent real active organic and top quality twitch live viewers so we provide real-time instant live twitch views do you have need our service what the fuck are you waiting for, Dimitri? Get on that. God, I mean, Get I on that. Hop, I gotta hop on that like, now. That's I a was... hot deal. Take it. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's no deal. It's just, do you want it? It's like, of course. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. You fucking <laughs> idiot. Give it to me. <laughs> well, I see you wrote no thank you on there, which I would have let him on. That way, at least we have one more viewer. I'd be like, I don't know, can you give me five minutes? And then just keep him <laughs> watching through the whole episode. Yeah. And then he becomes a fan. Um, yeah. We got Brent We got Brent out there. Now, Brent, um, uh, Hero might remember, Brent and Priscilla are longtime Laugh Chance fans. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Hey, now they're Now they're longtime Keeg fans, too. And Brent Woo. was our first subscriber. Because on Twitch, there's following, which anyone can do, and there's subscribing, which, like, you put a little bit of moolah in there to subscribe. Wow. And so wow. Brent, uh, Brent's our first subscriber, so thank you, Brent. Uh, I think that was Still no accounting night. for his taste. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to tell him he got suckered in, you know? But uh, uh, thank you for that. And, uh, oh, Brent says, hero! Brent. Oh, the guy the guy soliciting all he's back. We provide also organic support. If you want, we provide real time custom comments. Oh um, tell say tell me more. And yeah. Just let him tell Tell me more, Sufian. Sufian Is that what it said? That's his name. Sufian. Yeah. Sufian sixty five. And Priscilla says, Hi hero. Uh, Hi, Priscilla. It. How are you? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying the COVID madness as much as all of us are. Hero, We're... you're you're on Twitch right now. You sound like you're talking to like my grandma. Like, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, Hi Priscilla. <laughs> yes, yes. Trump is having a real hard time of it. I agree. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's how I sound when I talk to my grandma. Really? I, funny enough, my grandma is so lonely. So lonely. She How lives, lonely she is in... she? <laughs> yeah, you'll have to take her. <laughs> but, so she lives. She lives in Crestline, which is uh, up by Lake Arrowhead, by herself yeah. in a big old cabin. And so she's gotten in the habit of calling me every night at nine o'clock because I'm the only of her twenty-seven grandchildren who answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. so she calls me and she tells me about her day. Which is which is sweet because she has nothing going on. She's she's a she's an 84 year old woman trapped inside because of COVID. There's like nothing fucking interesting happening. And then she's like, "How was your day?" And I'm a I'm a 32 year old man trapped inside with COVID. So nothing fucking interesting is happening in my life. Yeah. But I'm like, 
But she calls me out. She's like, so nothing interesting's happened to you? Well, that's boring. You're not a very good person to talk to. You have nothing interesting to say. And I'm always like, nope, just that I love you. Bye. And it's it's great. It's great. We've really bonded over the fact that she's lonely as shit. And I'm the only person who talks to her. It's like she she just calls you to roast you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, you're already practicing for those Trader Joe's uh, conversations. I'm, I'm so in it to win it. I am going to exactly be exactly so... how that would go. Yes. Hey, Get that um, good whiskey. Real talk, hero. Uh, live it up while you can. Uh, my uh, my last grandma passed in April, and so it's no, like condolences. Fifty percent. Fifty percent of an international conversation is, "Hey, can you can you hear me still?" You know what I mean? <laughs> it's this like yeah. constant checking in to be like, okay, the connection's oh, the connection's not that great. All right, sorry. You know, um, yeah. But you know, uh, I will. So, I will. I'll enjoy it while I have it. Or just get hunt. Just put Hunter on the phone, man. Oh, Hunter! Hunter doesn't even answer my phone calls. Like he's gonna uh, answer my grandma's. Yeah, she's that's crazy. True. She's just <laughs> fucking nuts. She lives alone on a mountain. She's loopy, dude. She lives alone on a mountain is a good summation. Yeah. It's like on the top of a mountain? Just literally on the top. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, uh, Priscilla says, hey, Dan. Sup? Uh, They've probably seen you, too. (laughs) That's how he talks to his grandma. Sup? Uh, So now everybody's talking to this guy. uh, Yeah. White hat? I'm talking about my white hat? I don't know. He says, if you want million viewers, oh, I can oh, add. I and we working always white hat method. <laughs> anyway, okay. uh, let's talk about let's talk about the subject matter that we're here today to talk about. Uh, that is The Boys. Now, The Boys did season one, what, last year, the year before? Last um, year. La- was it really last year? It was a quick turnaround? Well, I mean, define quick in in an era where time doesn't mean anything oh that's true uh either way they released three episodes to kick off season two which is what we're here to talk about now um here's my quick opinion before we get started on this the boys is based off a comic book that i think is complete trash uh i hate garth ennis the writer i think his run on punisher was really good because he hates Basically, backstory is this writer hates superheroes so much. Yes. He always writes superheroes getting fucked. Like, that's literally, like, he gets off on this, like, oh, cape, people with capes should be reamed. And, like, that's, like, his philosophy. So he writes comic books that does, does that to caped people, essentially. And whether it's his Punisher comic or The Boys or, or, or you know, anything like that, he's... He's just sick, and like I've read half the series, and uh, I can't do any more. It's kind. Of, it makes me nauseous, actually. Uh, Hero, you've you've read the comics before, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summation of uh, Garth Ennis's 
well, Garth Ennis is probably most famous for Preacher, um, the yeah. comic book series, which inspired the uh, AMC TV series. And that kind of gives you a tone for what he does. He doesn't do superhero stuff. He yeah. does uh, he does more supernatural, philosophical, uh, high-minded comic stuff with grotesque violence thrown in there. Uh, right. it, it, he, he represents the English underground movement of comic books. So yes, but he's very famously hates fucking superheroes. The yeah. only superheroes he writes for are uh, Punisher and the only superhero he allows in his Punisher universe is Daredevil. The, yeah. Like those are the only two that can interact with each other. He fucking hates all other superheroes. Like he thinks the whole concept is repugnant. So the boys is really his uh, opus magnum, his manifesto on how much he fucking hates superheroes and why superheroes as a concept is so repugnant to him. Right. And it is, it is a difficult read. You know, I, it's, it's competently made. I mean, it obviously inspired uh, a very successful TV show. Right. Um, and it has a following, but yeah, it is very challenging. It's, it's, it's repugnant for the sake of repugnant it's it's callous and mean it's very mean spirited it's it's very antithetical you know like i get it i get it like the idea of superheroes and what they've kind of been turned into and commercialized i mean the tv show even talks about this about how we kind of infanticize superheroes and how superheroes would really be if they existed in this world but it, it feels like at times like people like garth enos miss the point of like this was for us when we were kids and when we were kids, we needed superheroes like Spider-Man was really fucking important to me as a child. And you're taking the joy out of that shit by making Spider-Man a fucking rapist. Like, right. that's just taking it too far. Right. Um, and, and he does and that. The comic book is. Yeah. The comic book does that fucking all over the place. It, it's it's gross. Like, because they're all parodies and analogs of, of real heroes. And so, like, the X-Men in the boys comic book are like this cult of like like raped kids by professor x's analog and like yeah. and they just party and have sex and do drugs and do the grossest things and that's what the x-men are in the boys universe and so it's uh off the wall like i i i i've started and stopped that comic series like five times and I've owned so I've and I keep getting a little bit further each time. I've only gone halfway. I, I can't do more than yeah. that. Yeah, um, it's a tough read. It's a tough read. I, I like I, it. I, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you how do you feel about it, Daniel? I'm just grossed out by comic books in general. I mean, they oh. just disgust me. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> you got nothing? No, I got nothing. I haven't read it. So. Yeah. Uh, it's it. How, there how much are, was his? Oh, sorry. How much was his influence in the, the show? Did he ha Does he have a credit? I never I, looked for it. He has a credit, at least, because they would give well, I mean, him credit. Like, a producer, like what, what's his credit, though? Just based on by, or was he a producer? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, Hero, I think do you know? he just has, he has a based, he has a based on credit. He doesn't have a producer oh. credit. Okay. I know. Which you can kind of tell from watching the show, the deviations they make in the plot. Like, if you were familiar with the uh, the comic book, uh, where where they choose to what they choose to lampoon what they choose to satirize is different than what he would have uh, satirized, and it doesn't have his bite, you know. Or something like Preacher, the TV show. He is an executive producer on that. That still has very much of his bite to it. Um, so so yeah, yeah. 
I'm looking at it right now and yeah, it just has a based on credit. Okay. So uh, I think that the show definitely succeeds where I think the comic fails. Um, it's more my speed, maybe. Maybe it's a matter of taste, you know? Maybe there are people out there that like the comic better than the the, the show, but I mean, I think th those people are probably really gross people in general. I don't know. Like, the comic is so, like, I can't, I can't explain how bad the comic is as far as, like, shock value and just, it's over the top. Um, but I think that the, the, the show is really good and it satirizes the right things. Um, and uh, I think that it came at a good time because we have those superhero shows that are at, like the flash and and whatever like we have those superhero shows so we can have the boys to satirize that which is where yeah. like the watchman movie failed is that we didn't have the influx of of superhero movies to to satirize that in a movie form. you get what i'm saying that's an interesting point yeah yeah i never thought about it but yeah if the watchman was to come out now you know post justice league post mcu post uh, the, the saturation of the super yeah yeah like the watchman tv show it would be a more poignant uh it would be a more poignant deconstruction of the superhero mythos exactly it, its flaw was it came out too early we didn't have we didn't have anything to compare it to that's right. interesting and yeah i'd agree i i think the boys i think i've never thought about it but yeah the um the cw verse the arrow verse the flash verse is is a good parallel for what the boys is the boys is the x-rated version of the berlanti verse yeah um question for daniel daniel as a i'm not taking yeah i'm not taking any questions <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so much for availability now, Jesus. Da Daniel, to get Daniel on such short notice, I had to negotiate a really tough contract uh, that was tough on the show. Uh, Daniel made some stipulations. Um, and yeah, uh, I asked for half of his toys, so you're not going to see those next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I mean, I got to do what I got to do to get the pe right people on the right episode. Uh, Daniel, as a casual viewer, um, uh, uh, what did you? What brought you to watch the boys in the first place uh, in season one? Well, I'll tell you, I regret it. I'll tell you that much. No, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know when I. It was definitely hyped, so I saw it. So I don't know when it came out because I saw it last year, but I don't know when it actually came out. I don't know if I saw it a week after it came out or five months after it came out, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, people talk about it, so I watch it. But it's funny listening to you guys talking about it as a as sort of a deconstruction of like superhero stuff because I never, actually, never saw it as like a superhero them commenting on superheroes at all. I mean, obviously that's the like uh, the vessel or whatever. But uh, for me, I never like looked at it, which which might be true. It might be a, a total deconstruction, the whole superhero universe, whatever. But um, yeah, I always saw it as more of a political sort of uh not like politics but like um i don't know i mean i saw a lot of like the acting world in it i feel like there's a lot of yeah and, and maybe i'm just like looking for that but it, it i saw a lot of like yeah the politics of of hollywood almost um which might just be what the actors themselves are bringing to it um you know based off just their experiences or something but um 
I feel like that's how I watch it every time I watch it. And that's what kept me watching it because I was like, oh, this is like the, the business side of standup or, or, or just entertainment in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like what if, yeah. So like what if superheroes were celebrities, let's see, behind the scenes? Well, I yeah. mean, when 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 I when I think about it, I think that is kind of a takedown of how superheroes as an art form has oversaturated the entertainment industry. Like now Comic-Con is the biggest entertainment event uh, that a person has to go to in the world, in the world. Uh, Even if your show, even if your show, your film, your CD, your game has nothing to do with superheroes, you still have to get it to Comic-Con for it to fucking matter. Um, You're not considered a celebrity until you have a superhero franchise. You're, like Disney is the most powerful entertainment organization on the planet because they bought Marvel. Well, like, and even before Marvel, like they were the biggest and then they bought the biggest, uh, the yeah. uh, up and coming. Cause they were what? Three movies into Marvel, uh, cinematic universe at that time. Like, yeah. So I think Daniel's absolutely right. I think part of the satire and satiring, the satire of the superhero conventions isn't just what if superheroes were real, what they, would they be like, but right. our own reality of what we do with the idea of the superhero, like uh, the political aspect of it. Um, Marvel's relationship with the Pentagon is fucking weird. It's it's a weird thing. If you know anything about how the Pentagon has creative license to say shit can't be in Marvel movies. Really? Like that's just a yeah, it's 100% true. And and they use they use Marvel movies as promotional materials. Like the most recent one is uh Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel had a very close relationship with the Air Force. Right. Um, to to get planes and to film on bases, they yeah. had creative control to say what they could say about um the Air Force and what they could say about the military. Right. Um, so I know I know that that movies in general, if you show an aircraft carrier, because nobody private owns an aircraft carrier. If you get a shot of an aircraft carrier, you have to get it from, uh, uh, from the Navy. Right. And, uh, to do that, there are stipulations when you include their machinery, when you partner yourself with the armed forces, they get to look over your script and make changes. So Michael Bay, obviously, uh, from his stuff, Every movie he has has an aircraft carrier. Even like Bad Boys, which doesn't need to, I'm I think has an aircraft carrier. Like why? I think he just he has that relationship. But the point being is, I don't know if all of Marvel has that relationship because I think that would. Uh, no, very famously, Kevin Feige has has built that as his core because what he does, rather than just having the relationship, the Pentagon actually pays for some of the Marvel movies to use okay. for promotional purposes and things like that. It's okay. it's not a secret. It's kind of a, a well-known uh, dirty secret, I guess, would, would be the best Ooh. way to describe it. But Ooh. yeah, it's one of the it's one of the more interesting things about it. And it's very much like, uh, you know, the opening scene of Boys season two, which was the military negotiating with Vought over what the superheroes could do in in terms of their relationship with the military when i was watching that i was seeing a very real satire of what i imagine disney negotiates with the pentagon when they're talking about marvel movies when they're talking about mm-hmm. like yeah well the avengers need to have a fucking helicarrier you know so you know but the united states can't be infiltrated by hydra because we're not nazis and be like well fuck you yeah like 
it's very interesting. Like, I, yeah. I, I think it's a multi-layered satire. I think Daniel's right. It's not just attacking superheroes as a concept. Right. It's also attacking it as a media organ, uh, a media expression. Yeah. Uh, I mean, keep in mind that like all modern day superhero movies thinks of like the way they think is what would superheroes be like in real life? They're trying to make it realistic, like Iron Man and whatever. And I get I get that, like, obviously, like Endgame, like is crazy, but they're still grounded in a way that they're like, let's deal with this in a more realistic level. It's not, you know, bam, biff, kapow. Um, so if the boys was only to do like, oh, what are what are, would it be like if superheroes existed in real life? then it would fail. But yeah, you're right. So it tackles a bunch of different things. Uh, yeah. Drug addiction, like a superhero <laughs> addicted to drugs, as we get with A-Train. Um, Brent and uh, Priscilla have only seen, they haven't seen the third episode. So uh, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't promise that we won't talk about what happened in that third episode before we tell you to close your ears, but uh, we'll try. Um, we'll talk a lot about episodes one and two, and then but briefly, I, we'll run out of time. I we, mean, we've already been talking for a half hour, and we haven't, like, we've mentioned the show once, like, yeah. Brent, Priscilla, I think you're fine. Everything's going to be okay. Like, I, I, you'll be, you won't be spoiled too bad. Uh, I mean, Brent, Brent says, spoil away, we're cool with it. Which, I mean, there's a big thing that happens at the end of that season three that I really want to talk about, but we'll get to it. Um, what did you guys think about season one, though? With everything, uh, uh, when we went into season one, Daniel, it piqued Daniel's interest. Daniel got into it. Um, I came in from a, uh, I, w I, I, I held off for like a month before I watched it because I hated the comic book. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was so, in the same boat. Yeah, I, I was afraid. I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And I mean, I'm still afraid when I watch it. Like anyone's head could explode at any time. Like literally, that's the sh that, like that's the show. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Daniel, how do you deal with hyper violence uh, uh, that you're like when you're watching it? Yeah, I mean, big, that's just big fan of it. Yeah, I I never like cared really. I mean, that's just like the game of the show or whatever. It's just like, oh, this is how uh, this is how this is gonna be. All right, there's a uh, this might be a spoiler if you want to cover yours. I can't remember the episode, but yeah, at some point they like run into a whale in season two, and it's just like, <laughs> like oh, this is how this show is, I guess. You're right. Um, so I I don't know. I think I think you just get used to it and you go, oh, this is the ride I'm on. All right. I guess I'll buckle up and uh, wear uh, three uh, safety belts on this one because this is what we're going into. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It never like, uh, I don't know. It never really added anything for me. It never really took anything away. It was just sort of the the, the ride we were on. I mean, uh, and, and again, not to maybe this backtracks a little bit, but I always saw it too going into it. I always sort of watch as less of a, um, I guess I never really saw it as like, a, oh, if superheroes were real, it was more of a, if, if villains were real, let's, let's humanize the villains. Cause to me, it's the story of the, the villain or whatever, at least that's how I like watch it as yeah. of like, oh, what if these guys actually had a backstory and weren't as bad as we think they are and let's flip everything on its head and actually, uh, um, yeah, it's like Nickelodeon with slime and human guts everywhere. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. throw, I just, I, 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 I'm so on edge every single episode that I watch where I'm like, is Homelander going to look at someone, his eyes glow, and then their head blows up? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I think about that all the time. 
like they're the episode or like the scene where the guy's pitching the pitching the Justice League movie, right? Essentially, and uh, he's pitching that, and I just imagine like I I I thought this was gonna happen. Homelander shows up. I don't like it. Explodes him, and like they they like move on. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think I don't know. I've always felt that um, there's some some people just. Uh, won't take vitamins unless they look and taste like gummy bears, right? And so this is that version of that. These are some pretty heavy vitamins, right? And so they're like, we're going to need some gummy, <laughs> like we need some candy to add to this. Um, yeah, okay. And that's what like the violence has always been to me. It's just like, they're talking about some pretty heavy, you know, things and some pretty like complicated, uh, like Hero said, these very like layered um uh, I don't know, issues or like uh, uh, discussing points or whatever that uh, they're just like, yeah, let's add in a lot of blood to kind of cover up that this is like a pretty deep show. Yeah. Speaking, yeah. About, a, speaking about a lot of blood, uh, Brent brought up Blind Spot. Uh, is Blind Spot oh, dead? Shit. <laughs> like, like, no, I would Blind assume... Spot is alive. Blind Spot is 100% alive, but he's just deaf as shit now. <laughs> I mean, not only, not only. Wait, which, which one's Blind Spot? He's that he's Daredevil. Dead. Uh, oh, the first guy. Yeah. yeah, and he slaps his ears. Dude, I was like, I knew oh, he was going to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what well, the fuck? One of the things I love about the violence in The Boys is it almost always, with with very few distinction, invokes a laugh out of me. And, and that's a good way, like, it's a good technique of uh, film to punctuate uh -huh. violence with humor like Deadpool. The violence is so over the top. You know, in the in the opening scene, the violence with Black Noir is so over the top that it's yeah. not it's not revolting. It's not like, "Oh my god, I'm seeing a person having their throat slit." It's for comedic effect. Like uh filling, I think filling in season, the glass. Yeah, filling the glass. Like in season 2, I I've yet to see in any of the episodes violence depicted where it was shocking. Uh, it's pretty much only depicted for comedic effect. In season one, there's only a few examples I can think of where it's like this violence is frightening, is supposed to invoke terror in me, is supposed to invoke disgust. For the most part, the violence is used for humor. And that itself is a satire. That itself is poking fun at our consumption of violent media. Like we love how violent this show is. That's That's part of the escapism for us. We want to see the boys fuck these guys up. We want to see the villains, the uh, the seven, be just monstrous human beings to each other. We want to see that violence, and we want it to be over-the-top, spectacular, explosive, grotesque violence because it's fun for us. And, like, that itself is a statement. You know, like, uh, every time Kimiko rips off someone's head, I'm always like, fuck, you know, like, that's the reaction it gets out of me. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't invoke, like, terror or, or horror or even disgust. It just invokes kind of giddy joy. And I think that's the mark of a, of a good satire, like that, Deadpool, stuff like that, where they're making fun of violence as well. I think yeah. The Boys does a very good job at that. I think this is kind of a, uh, this is definitely a different strain but sort of leading off that too i think because there is so much violence everywhere we see it in the boys we see it in the seven uh that it it they did uh i think sort of a i don't know if it's ingenious uh job with uh did you notice they kind of made homelander like he said something racist he uh he was no a, did he 
did he did he say something racist? Because actually, I because I, I'm that brings up another thought uh, that I wanted to go through. But I know something quite, specific. But what were you guys? Yeah. What did he say? What did he say that was racist? Why well, I, I I feel weird saying it, but he, he, oh, okay. uh, exactly. Daniel, on the show, <laughs> I want you to say the words yeah, that I he want said. you to say it. What did he say? Because uh, he, here here's my thought. I think they haven't had him say anything racist because Stormfront is being built up. Uh, blah, think, blah, blah, blah. Spoilers. Right. So we were going to uh, build to that, Dimitri. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, well, he he said, I'll I just say, I mean, this is what yeah. he said. He said something like he called the uh, he said something about camel jockeys or something at one. Oh, point yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. He, he's definitely Islamophobic. Yeah. And then he's, yeah. oh, and then because he's the, American, right? Like, yeah, he's like his, a, he's Islamophobic. Yeah, yeah, he's he hasn't said anything, which is interesting because then that 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 brings up an interesting thing that that just kind of happened as to like degrees of racism, right? Right. Mm. Where it's like Islamophobia is a somewhat more culturally acceptable racism than uh, animosity towards black uh, POC or indigenous people. Like right. the racism of Stormfront is more offensive than the racism of Homelander because Homelander, it's so wrapped up in patriotism and American identity where Stormfronts is more wrapped up in just pure hate where it's difficult to like, which is the lesser of two evils? They're both bad, but our brains like, wow, that's blew this my is mind. what This is what I'm here for this season. This is what I'm here for because Homelander doesn't want his son speaking Spanish, right? Right. Yeah. Too. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that's because, racist as shit. <laughs> but but to Homelander, it's America, right? It's all right if yeah. you are Hispanic living in America, pushing the American ideals, right? That's different to Homelander than speaking Spanish in America. Being uh, uh, hating the terrorists overseas is different to him. If you're mate, who knows whether he's fine with. With, with Muslims coming to America, being American, pushing American ideals, who knows? I don't know. We haven't seen that. But there's a difference between American racism, I guess, uh, and Stormfront's racism, which I think is just going to escalate from here. Uh, yeah, it's, we, it's a difference between it. ethnocentrism and national, uh, natural, uh, I'm sorry, national pride. Like Homelanders is national based hatred. Right. His 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 hatred is where you are from, what you believe in. Where Stormfronts is ethnocentric. It's well, just yeah. race. It's white. It's white supremacy. Right. So. Yeah. I was gonna say I I agree with all that, but what's your take on? I don't have a take on this. I was just. It's interesting they brought up maybe three times now that he's Homelanders like terrorists. They're not. Or uh, sorry, villains. Not villains, they're not terrorists. But you would think it would be the opposite, right? You think he'd be more into the rhetoric of like, no, this uh, is. Terrible. I think he wants to be a hero. That's the yeah. point, right? Yeah, I I was talking with my mom about this because um, the scene where uh, where uh, Homelander is interacting with um, uh, Gene Carlo, uh, Mister Edgar, yeah. the new yeah. president of Voight. Um, and my mom was like, why doesn't she, why doesn't Homelander just kill him? And I'm like, because he has all the power. Homelander's identity is I'm a hero. His whole identity is I'm a hero. And if it comes out that he's responsible for the super terrorists, he's the world's greatest villain. 
Right. And he can't allow that to happen. So his whole mindset is thinking in terms of hero and villain. They're not terrorists. They're villains. Terrorism right. is something that's too small. It's and bigger it's, than that. It's good it's versus scary. evil. Mm. It's yeah. scary, right? Didn't the focus group say that terrorist was scary, right? Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't want to be the guy fighting terrorists. He wants this big grandiose fighting villains, super villains, right? There could yeah. also be, I mean, I haven't thought much about this, but there could also be this element too that like, well, the military, they fight terrorism. I'm a superhero. You need me. I fight the villains. You can't fight those. Right. Well, take it like, even further. That element. Like if you take that logic even further, he created them. So if he calls them terrorists, he is acknowledging that he created terrorists. Mm. But if he calls them villains, superheroes invariably create supervillains. The nature right. of like that's something that exists in comic books, just as kind of a, a, a reality of the mythos. If there are superheroes, there are going to be supervillains to rise up and meet them. Like uh, um, Vision talked about that in Civil War, about how there's been a, an increasing number of superheroic events since uh, Iron Man's first appearance, like the relationship between the two. But if if Homelander creates super terrorists, then that makes him a super terrorist. Yeah. Though, though, yeah, to yeah. be fair, very interestingly satirical, uh, the U.S. created the terrorists in the Middle East uh, in real life, just like yes. Homelander, just like Homelander did in the show, right? So yeah, just someone new to fight, right. someone new to fight to to get more power, right? Like it is, uh, it is a, it is a multi-layered. Uh, just like Daniel was saying, it is a heavy satire. It is a heavy political satire talking about a lot of shit and American culpability, but packaged in this beautiful kind of over-the-top superhero story, which just makes it so much fun. Who do you think it's packaged for? Is it packaged for the bros? Is it packaged for the boys? You get what I'm saying? <laughs> is that what it is? Because it's the people, like, it's people who would overlook the, this type of commentary but now it's hyper violent so they're in it for the gore and then they're learning something by it uh daniel's yeah, gummy, I, gummy vitamin uh analogy trademark yeah i i, I think yeah. so i think if we look at stormfront as a character because she's so disarming and we want to we want to like her in the first two episodes in the first two, we want yeah. to get behind her she seems so progressive she seems in line with our thinking and then it's revealed she's just this repugnant hateful thing yeah, which really challenges us, and I think yeah, it is for those people who get who are easily swayed. Like, I think the boys at the end of the day is is saying, "Don't believe anything, don't believe, don't believe, and don't even believe us." Like, you know, try and find the truth to shit, because you can be easily swept up in propaganda. You can be made to believe anything. We can make you believe anything. What's right. what's what's her name again? Storm. What Stormfront girl? Stormfront, yeah, yeah, that was like such a, uh, such like a brilliant writing move too. Because early on in the episode one, they they sort of make a joke, not a joke, but they in passing uh, talk about it of like, oh, we need a new person, and like if it could be a woman and it could be like somebody ethnically diverse, that that'd be a huge win. And then sure enough, it is. And so in your mind, you kind of write it off. You're just like, well, I mean, it's not yeah. ethnically oh, that's diverse. What they did. Well, the the no, actress who the actress who plays Stormfront is Jewish, right? And okay, until her reveal, it it she does feel very much like a uh, a neoliberal feminist uh, feminist, which 
unfortunately, there is a lot of anti-Semitism in anti-feminism. And so yeah. uh, people who are have strong opinions against feminist icons also tend to have strong leanings toward anti-Semitism. Mm. Uh, like, uh, and not, you know, like uh, Anita Sarkeesian comes to mind. Um, and I so I'm I was- not, I'm not I was, familiar. Oh, well, that's nothing we need to get fucking into. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, I think casting, casting a Jewish woman to, to play a racist um, who, and then you think about the name Stormfront, like that's Nazi terminology. Like, yes. like the, that's fucking crazy. That's fucking yeah. crazy. In, in, okay. So I, I was waiting for the first three episodes for, for the shoe to drop, right? Because uh, Daniel, there is a character named Stormfront in the comics, and he's essentially a Nazi Superman, uh, but he works for the good guys. So we already know, like the comic books, he's already a Nazi. And now this character is a woman. And uh, it was like, what? to what extent are they going to do this? Now... Uh, I was reading a lot of Reddit talk about Stormfront and uh, uh, the hints that, like, they would do. But basically, yeah, she, I mean, Stormfront, just by the name alone, is a Nazi term. And it was a Nazi website, a neo-Nazi website. That, uh, little known fact, I used to uh, go on their message boards when I was uh, in high school. Uh, I used to go on the message board to read what they read. It was it was torture. It was torture. I, I I don't know. I mean, I know why I did it. I wanted to see how they really thought. And it's the worst of the worst people uh, ever. So that site got taken down like a couple years ago, which is good because they're domestic terrorists. Um, but my username was proud to be pale, and. Uh, Oh my uh, God. That, that was my username. Because oh my I, God. <laughs> I, and so I went on there as proud to be pale. And I didn't really talk much except for one guy. Shit me not. This guy was in Australia on, uh, on this. He was half white, half Sri Lankan. And he was talking about how he hates his uh, like mother, I think. Uh, wow. Like he hates being half. And... Uh, I forget. I think that might have been the one thing that I commented on uh, without trying to give myself away that was more like, don't hate your mother? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know? Uh, but that that was the nicer things that were on that site. So, uh, like, that Stormfront has always popped out in my head as uh, this neo-Nazi thing. So, I knew, even if I didn't read the comics, I knew that that name was kind of a giveaway, except for she has weather powers, right? Or lightning powers that we know of. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's just a play on that, but... Um, it's just nice. Her, from, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, like, there's small things, like her, her haircut and somebody was yeah, saying... Yeah, her that, haircut like, could be seen as a feminist hairstyle, but also it could be seen as a right-wing hairstyle... Like uh, the fact that she was from Portland, Portland, we think of Portlandia, we think of the hippie movement in Portland, but it yeah. also is a, a bastion for white supremacy. That's and what so I it heard. has this, I, it has I this double, up, yeah. it has this double. Um, yeah. I thought it was really fucking clever. I thought they did a really good job of snaking her in. Yeah. Yeah. Were, from somebody who like, 
Well, I was going to say, for some of you, like, didn't know anything about her uh, or, or whatever, it, it kind of caught me off guard that she seemed like sort of a throwaway. I thought Homelander was going to kill her or something because they do write, like, like I was saying, they mentioned, like, oh, we need a girl, we need, and then it, like, here we have another girl, and it just seems like, oh, that, that, that was her purpose in here. Homelander's going to kill her and, and take more of his power or whatever. And, and instead, yeah. now it looks like she's going to try to take his power and there's more to her and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Um, um yeah. um yeah i mean what's stopping homelander from just killing her because she stands up to him multiple times and it's like homelander did that to blind spot without doing anything uh and he called him a cripple right like he he hit him no matter what and so and then blind spot was nice to him you know um so why doesn't homelander just kill her uh well, he's afraid of her yeah because she has the connections that that he doesn't have right he has the love of the people, you know, like that, that great scene where Homelander is with his son and he, he says, I love you, son. And then he stays there for a beat and he says, now you say it back. Yeah. You know, oh, that's man. what Homelander wants. Homelander wants love. He's warped. He doesn't know how to get love at all, but that's what he wants at the end of the day is love. And that's what scares him the most about Stormfront is she has the love of the people. She's the most popular superhero. At least right. in his warped perception. And she's corporate backed. Like they went above his head and put her on the team. Well, you someone know? didn't do their P's and Q's because she is a racist monster. Well, And that is going to come back on Voight pretty goddamn hard when it comes out. Because some people are pointing out that after saying the backstory about Vought or Vought is that Vought, yeah. they, they were he was a Nazi. Right. Yes, he was. So, so this is all this. This could be a Nazi plot, and this is what I foresee: the boys are going to have to team up with Homelander. So, pretty much, you're going to have to buy into nationalism and the racism and problems <laughs> and the uh. racism and problems that that has in order to beat Nazism. But then, in the end, you still have this racist, systemic nationalism. Yeah. Well, I you hope know? not. Like, that would be interesting from the standpoint of it would be interesting to see the boys have to work with Homelander and then be on the same side for a little bit. But yeah, yeah like, you can't redeem Homelander. He's irredeemably no. evil. Uh, right. So then what, what are you left with? You're left with the philosophical notion of sometimes you need to align yourself with evil to, to do good. Yeah. Which is kind of the boys' point. Uh, you know, Butcher is that kind of character. Butcher is, uh, I do evil things for the sake of good. Um, and yeah. so it calls that into question. Yeah. He's selfish uh, though. I mean, he's yes, he more is. selfish than good. Uh, Paul, Paul in the comment says, I'm sure there are very nice people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the deep... You want to talk about characters oh. that don't reserve we'll, we'll, or don't deserve a redemption arc? We'll, we'll talk about anyway. deep. We'll we'll talk about deep in a second. Daniel was going to say something. I was just going to say it sounds like we're going to need a lot more blood and guts. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I who's going to die? Who's not? I don't know. Uh, let's talk about the deep. Hero brought him up. Let's talk about the deep. The deep. Uh, they're trying to write him. Uh, as a fully fleshed character in the comics in the comics it's a train 
Well, no. In the comics, it's all the men on the team and Starlight. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's so bad. It's so bad. And, it's grotesque. Um, it's all the men on the team, except for the Deep. Because the Deep is black in the comics. And A-Train is white. And the Deep barely does anything. They, they're not even sure if he has powers in in the comics right he's just a <laughs> yeah. guy he's just a guy with a big helmet that can go underwater and like yeah. he's because he's their token oh the comics is also horribly racist that's also a garth ennis thing garth ennis does not know how to not be racist so he gets he writes the i mean the punisher is just a white uh fantasy at that point you know that's Garth yeah, Ennis. Yeah, you, you can tell that Garth Ennis doesn't like racism, but he also talks about racism the way only a white man from Scotland could talk about racism. Like, you yeah. shouldn't talk about racism, sir. You have no, you have no, your, your white privilege won't allow you to see this clearly. But he talks about it as if he's a fucking expert. I mean, and it, it comes off as patronizing and, and very offensive. But you're making him sound like he's an out-of-touch liberal when, in fact, I think he's a full-blown... I think he's a racist that doesn't think he's a racist. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I would you agree know? with that. I, I, I think... Well... Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel compelled to defend him because he, he, you know, he tackles racism in his work but he he tackles it in such an unvarnished way it's like it's like you, it, it would it, in my mind it feels the same of saying he's a rapist because of his depictions of rape he depicts rape in such a nonchalant way that it's graphic and grotesque right. and you can go that's out of touch that's 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 inhuman that that's right. grotesque to do but i don't think you're a rapist i think he does racism in the same way he talks about racism in such a like over the top way that I don't think he's racist. I just don't think he has any concept of how to talk about racism in a meaningful way. I mean, but that being said, rape is something that you do. And racism and being racist and being, yeah, is something that you think and say, right? Or, and do yeah. also. But like, so you, he can, he as a writer can still be racist as a writer by writing racist things. You can't. Yeah. You can't uh, rape through your writing. So I think that's well, where the analogy, the disconnect is. Yeah, but like, at this point, aren't, aren't you guys arguing about his intention? Like, who knows? Yes, that's yeah. very true. That's what I was going to say. We're arguing right. over intention, which neither of us. Yeah. It, it, it manifests itself in the work as really grotesque writing. Regardless right. of where you fall on it, it just manifests itself as just fucking grotesque. Right. Um, oh, so the deep, uh, what was I going to say? The, uh, okay. We're back, back to the deep. So the deep does this thing with starlight, <clears throat> you know, uh, in the first season and, uh, then he gets kicked off the team, which is weird because there's actual, in the comics, there's no repercussions in the, it, it, they could do whatever they want. But in this, there's a weird thing where Homelander is like, you don't do that or it, or is he against it or does it make him look bad? What do you guys think? It makes them look bad. Like it's, I think, I think the whole, the, the deep plot of season one is how corporate America uh, co-opted and twisted the Me Too movement to make themselves look better. Like right. what happened to Starlight was, was, uh, was sexual assault. Yeah. But then 
Vought used it, manipulated it, and turned it into a corporate agenda. And right. so it's talking about how something like the Me Too movement can be taken over by corporate in, in interests. Right. Um, yeah, I saw Homelander's reaction as being like, hey, the second you say you're sorry, you're admitting to the world that you did something wrong. And we decided, yeah, corporately, that that's not what we're saying about this or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Daniel, do you think that, I mean, okay, this is, I mean, this might be a loaded question. I'm not, I'm, I mean, might be hard for us to deconstruct here. So I'm throwing oh, it at you. All right. Uh, did Homelander. To what extent was loaded. this related? That's a very loaded question. I to... did Homelander. <laughs> did, or did he not? That did is he... the question. Uh, to what extent did Homelander, was the relationship between Homelander and Butcher's wife? I mean, I feel like, aren't we going to find that out? Or isn't that the, the hope that we sort of find that out slowly? Um, uh, Sorry, what? Do you, do, you, do you feel like we, we've learned all that we're supposed to learn about that? I don't think so. Yeah, no, me neither. I, I think uh, there was, I don't know, something higher up that happened that maybe Homelander uh, got as a prize if you will, of maybe some sort of a blackmail uh, situation yeah. where Homelander say, well, then I want a kid uh, out of, I want my own son. And um, I don't think it has anything to do with her almost like the situation. She was just the unfortunate victim. Right. The whole thing. I think it was him and, and something, whether it was bot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think hero. I think it would be a terrible move on the writers Mm -hmm. to make that any way shape or form consensual because right. right now it exists right now it exists to show the the absolute depth of homelanders like villainy because he's the most powerful being on the planet right there's no way you can give consent to something that powerful like there's no way she could be like yes i agree to sleep with you um i agree to cheat on my husband right. uh because he could kill everyone on the planet if he wanted to. Right. And has demonstrated he will do shit like that if he doesn't get his way, if he throws a temper tantrum. And so I think to invalidate, I think it would just be a, a bad move on the writers to, to give, to make that consensual in any way. I could be wrong. Like they could do that. They could reveal that. Yeah. She was totally into it. Like it was her idea, but I think right. that would just be a bad move, especially since butcher loves her. Like um, in the second to the la uh, in the second episode, you know, Butcher punches Huey and he says, if you get in between, you know, me and my girl again, I'll kill you. Like Butcher still loves her, even yeah. though she had a child with Homelander, he still loves her and wants to save her. And I think like I think Garth Ennis would do this. I think Garth Ennis would make it consensual because it's yeah. just cruel for the sake of cruelty. But I don't think the show is going to do that. No, and she, I, I think also, too, for her, she had all those pictures of, of him, of um, of a Butcher, uh, hidden. You know what I mean? Which I feel what like... What is that? Episode two. Episode two, oh. yeah. She opens it, or somebody opened the drawer. Homelander. Homelander sniffing her panties. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's all the pictures are hidden, so I feel like also it wouldn't be consensual just because... Yeah, why would she keep her love for Butcher still like hidden unless it was just straight fear uh, right. of Homelander? 
everything is so twisted in this show. Um, the Deep's redemption, though, or at least the storyline where he is he's he has a breakdown, right? It's just everything is going horrible for him. Now he's maybe in this church that that Stormfront knows about, right? Science the Scientology analog? Yeah. Church of Guiding Light or something. Um what I mean what is Deep doing? Like he is super powerful. Like somebody online was saying he is super powerful in the water, of course, but he's yeah. super dumb. Like somebody was saying that he could have used the whale to capsize the boat, but instead does this weird turnaround where he beaches the whale and stands on it triumphantly and everything goes to shit. Well, because he is dumb. He's a dumbass. Right. Like, like, uh, I, I, I think it's, I think it's one of the more interesting things to do um, in in literature to take a character that you introduce as irredeemable and then try to redeem them. Yeah. Like, uh, like in daredevil season one, um, when they introduced Wilson Fisk and he is this irredeemable monster of a figure and then they give him a love story. Like, I love when they do that. And for, for the deep, it seems to be a redemption arc. Like we'll see what becomes of it. It's the boys. So I imagine he will not be redeemed. I imagine he will, either fail miserably and be tortured for it but he seems to be on the path of trying to make amends for what he did and come to this place of self-discovery which is kind of you know it is important to talk about like why do people do terrible things to each other um you know like uh the Patton oswald guilds gill scene where he's yeah. talking about why he's so terrible to women and it's because of his own insecurities. Like, I thought that was really good writing. Like, beyond the fact that it was just funny as fuck, it was really good writing of talking about, like, yeah, what what compels someone to be a sexual predator? And how can we present that in a human way and present it to where you might even feel sympathy towards the character without condoning their actions? Because his actions are unforgivable. But you can go, oh, I... I I, I, I understand his pain. Right. That doesn't excuse what he did, but th it, it complicates the issue. It, it makes for more challenging media. Yeah. You got any thoughts about that, Daniel? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree. I mean, it's the thing they all, they all have these deep personal issues and no one really gets to explore them explore them except for the deep really so far um yeah so it's, it's nice to be able to see like okay this guy's like super messed up let's see where you know let's see if he can be redeemed let's see if he can figure this out or get to the root of the problem or um yeah yeah the only one um, i know you're not you're not going here but the only one i can't figure, a, a train's the one i'm trying to figure out where they going with him yeah right now i can't figure that yeah. out yeah uh will it's like is he going to join? Well, Starlight is super upset, right? Because what she had done was she had exposed the Compound V, but now Vought is like, oh, we didn't know about that. That was a, Mad a Madeline whatever, um, Stillwater or whatever her name is. And uh, she's dead. So we had nothing to do with it, right? Like that. Yeah. So Starlight's upset about that. It was. I thought it was leading towards like A-Train being like, all right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do yeah. with A-Train. Because he, yeah, 
oh sorry he doesn't even seem conflicted really yeah like i it doesn't even seem like oh he doesn't know what to do he's kind of just doing his own thing he's gonna die i think like he's well i think he should have died last season yeah so what's his purpose his 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 story made more sense if he died at the end of last season i don't there's nothing like because what's he gonna do feel bad about killing his girlfriend clearly he doesn't what's he gonna do like feel bad about being a piece of shit drug addict he doesn't like so he's just the he's the irredeemable one he replaces uh transparent as the irredeemably evil one yeah oh by the way is his name transparent or translucent translucent oh translucent sorry no 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 i i was just transparent is his father Um, uh, uh, translucent is Jewish. Like it showed the, like the yeah. yarmulke, <laughs> the and, yarmulke. and I was like, Oh, like the invisible, the invisible body gags that they had with like translucent was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I love that in Seth his Rogen. coffin there there was there was a uh, there was an imprint as if his body was in the coffin. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't notice because Vought was uh, Vought was faking his death. So that, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, did they did they make another guy invisible? Like how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll just put an actor. What they say? Put an actor in a green uh, suit, and we'll edit edit him out. Right. That's what they were like. They were like, Let, yeah. we can put him in the movie, but we can do that. Uh, uh, I don't know. What do you what do you see with A Train, Hero? Uh, well, like I said, I, I right now I don't see A Train going anywhere because I think his I think his character kind of reached its logical conclusion last season. So unless they introduce something new in the coming episodes, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's got a ticking time bomb in his bad heart. But right. like his bad heart as a double meaning because he's he is just obnoxiously bad. He's he has no good qualities to him. There's no conflict there. Like yeah. the only thing that was conflicted about him was his relationship with his old friends, you know, but all of that was ended last season. So right. there's nothing to really explore. I, I, I forgot about A-Train last season. That was it was a cool story where he's like. He's addicted to the drug and he trains with his brother and he, he races marathon, right? The, uh, the yeah. other guy marathon. And like, that was cool. And they were dealing with like the whole celebrity aspect of superhero stuff, but you're right that there's nothing to do. And maybe it's a matter of nerfing, nerfing the seven. Like you can't have seven of the most powerful superheroes at their best going up against the boys. Cause the boys are going to die. Right. Yeah. So now you, you've you you have Starlight who, who doesn't want to kill people. You have A Train who uh, is uh, uh, gonna have a heart attack at some point, right? He's just out getting his. Like, yeah, that's got- the only thing that I get from his character this season. Is the most interesting thing was when he was like, "I woke up and I wanted to buy Prince's guitar." So yeah. I think that's where A Train is. A Train's just out for A Train now. He's just yeah. doing shit for himself. Yeah. Daniel, do you own any any guitars or not any guitars, but any uh, signed guitars or this anything like that? Took a, this took a turn to a place I wasn't expecting. 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just I just thought of like well in my head it was like I don't have any what would happen guitars. you you co- you come out of your coma you're like I'm gonna buy Prince's guitar but then I thought of you and your music background and I was like oh yeah but that seems like a you know that's like a midlife crisis move you know it was just like it, I got the impression he didn't even know how to play guitar maybe he said it or I don't no, know no he doesn't but, right yeah no he doesn't know like, how to yeah, play yeah. guitar. You know, it'd be like me buying a motorcycle tomorrow. I don't know anything about it, but it's just like, yeah, I woke up and uh, I want to buy a boat or something, you know? Right. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that maybe they're going down this sort of like civil war path where we're going to see a, a split with, a, you know, home, uh, Homelander uh, and, uh, and Stormfront sort of yeah. like leading the two and then picking sides. Because we all, we kind of saw a hint of that with, I, I forget her name, but the, the girl's got like, Wonder Woman? Uh, a past, what's her name? The Wonder Woman? Maeve. Lady? Maeve. Oh, yeah. I was like, her name's definitely not Wonder Woman. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she, you know, like Homelander's hinted at, like, you're on my side, right? We're kind of starting to see, like, the sides. But yeah, I she, can see that. Maybe, maybe A-Train has some part to play in that. I, I um, just I just realized, I maybe I know what, like, what I think A-Train's purpose is. Stormfront is gonna drop the N bomb and kill him. Oh shit! Wait, that's the N bomb kills him. <laughs> <laughs> that's his that super weakness. His super weakness oh, is the is the N bomb. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Dang. In a way, uh, I think maybe yeah, that's I, the purpose. I could... I could see that. I could see that going in another direction. Um, the same kind of uh, taking a hybrid of the two ideas. If there's a split, A Train from season one is outspokenly proud of his uh, of his black heritage. Right. He is proud of his background. He is proud of his family. So I could see it where he is. Well, this no, he's not proud. He's he's ashamed, but he's proud of himself from getting out of getting yeah. out of that. Right. Yeah, he's he he is his his story is a complicated one, but I could see yeah. him I could see him doing like a heroic turn of like attacking Stormfront on the platform of fuck you, you're a racist. Right. But whether or not he lives or dies. Yeah. yeah oh, he's gonna also, he's gonna die. We've also seen a lot of like Homelander keeps bringing up unity and we have this whole like sort of background. I won't even call it storyline, but just like the seven movie, you know, like the Avengers movie essentially is coming out like unity. We're all together. Right. And Homelander is the one picking it. Like, you know, like the movie's got to have this and this, and we're all together and we're a family. He has that big speech about like, we're a family. This needs to be about us. And here, here we have this splinter coming in with, with Stormfront and, uh, uh, to break up the group and, and maybe split them up. So that's kind of my guess of where, where we. Yeah. I mean, but uh, dude, Stormfront, when she's fighting Kimiko and her brother, she stops to kill black people. Yes, she does. She stops. They're not in her way. She literally stops to kill them and blows up like uh, most of that complex. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's uh, a bad bitch. She's a bad, 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 bad girl. I think she's gonna sleep with Homelander before she enacts her final plan. I could see that. She wants the baby. I think she wants a baby. 
like an airy, like an Aryan baby. What? Like what a super baby. No, oh, not you're not talking about that baby, but the baby at the end of season one. I know it survived. They mentioned it. They said like, oh, the what's her name's baby? Oh, Madeline's baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. they dropped him, her, uh, the baby off five miles away or something like that. But the baby's alive. Yeah, they mentioned the yeah. baby's alive. Is that just sort of? Oh that? shit! Is that Homelander's kid? No. 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 That's no. that's just a baby. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we'll see that baby again. That baby may be this like that baby has uh, compound V in it. It is the smartest baby on the planet. <laughs> uh, it's like but, I'm the mastermind. I'm the puppet master. Yeah. They went out of the way to say the baby's alive, though. That's all. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Is they went and out of the way. Ever, well, have we ever met the husband? <laughs> have, I'm sorry. Have we met? Have we met? Uh, have I met your husband? Well, have uh, we seen who it is, or do we know? I, I think it was implied that she was uh, artificially inseminated. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. what I thought. Which, yeah. uh, maybe there could be a story because all through season one, her whole deal was emasculating um, Homelander, mm. and I think Homelander's crush on her—he wanted to be the father. You know, he wanted yeah. to be that kind of father figure in a weird, fucked up kind of way. And she was emasculating that by having, by having a child without a father that would undermine Homelander's whole idea. I I disagree a little bit. I think she wasn't trying to emasculate him. She was trying to infantilize him. Uh, ah, thus, yes. Thus giving him a mother figure that he never had. Right? Yeah. Because he never had parents. That. And that's why he drinks milk like a fucking creepo. God, yeah. Oh, oh. And I keep having to ask myself, whose milk is it? Was that just old Madeline milk in the first, like, in the, the first yes. time? I think so, yeah. Just old Madeline? That's why he hits it with the laser beam. He so, kills well, all the germs in it. He doesn't care about germs. Well, then That's he warms it up. I thought he just warmed it up to drink. I thought he was just warming it up, too, I think. Because he got yeah. it out of the freezer. Oh, oh, maybe. I don't know. It's still gross. It's still yeah. fucking gross. Yeah. Um, Paul, Paul in the comments brought up like, what's a trope? What's a comic book trope for speedsters? And, and I think a trope for speedsters in comic books is like, they're almost super powerful. They can do whatever they want. So they get nerfed pretty easily and pretty quickly. So a train, imagine if a train had full everything, like he would just round up the boys in the sewer. Right. Yeah. Like pretty easy. But super speedsters always get like, like, oh no, they, they, it's, they're, I don't know, they lose their powers or now they're only at half speed or they trip over themselves, you know? Well, he, he has mentioned now, I guess a couple of times, like this sort of like, there has been this like material, materialistic element to him where he mentions to, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Starlight that, uh, you know, you didn't grow up with money and here you got this Prince guitar and it's just been like money. And even the drugs are kind of like, this is a high end drug. This is an expensive drug. So even it is like a materialistic thing. Right. Um, and it, he even, he says something to Starlight uh, where he goes like, yeah, why'd you do this? Don't you get it? That's our money. Like that, that's our money. And if he yeah. doesn't have his speed, he doesn't have his money. So we could kind of maybe see it going that way where like, 
the celebrity status is yeah. it might get taken away from him and and who is he then at that point maybe he's got to go find himself right which what is he a continuation is, of season one because that's uh, his whole race with marathon is he didn't want to lose his he didn't want to lose his status as the fastest man on the planet yeah uh 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 he says what he says is you don't mess with the money that's what you don't like you can do whatever you want you don't mess with the money and I think that's interesting because when we deal with Giancarlo Esposito's uh, uh, Edgar, right? Mr. Edgar. Uh, yeah. He has the money and the power, right? Homelander knows you don't mess with the power, right? He knows you don't. It, to Homelander, it's not about money. It's about power. But both money and power are coming from the same place, which is thought, right? So yeah. maybe that's the theme. doesn't care at all about power. She's kind of the anti. I mean, she does for herself, but like, yeah, she doesn't care about Bond, like that right. power. Right. Though somebody pointed out that liber- uh, uh, liberty, that uh, old uh, retro-looking female superhero, when the that ex CIA lady was like, "What do you know yeah. about liberty?" Right. Uh, somebody online was saying that that Stormfront talks about her grandma. And that liberty could be the grandma, and it could be this Nazi American uh, compound V plotline. You know. Well, I I don't think that Vought is intentionally. I don't think it's Hydra. I don't think we're dealing with a Hydra scenario. I think right. it's a commentary because uh, obviously Mister Edgar is a person of color himself. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing there, and he mentions Disney. He says now he now he he became as a Wonder Wait. Bread American as Disney and, and Disney Edison. famously and Edison, both of whom were racist. Right. And Disney famously worked with uh, with um, Carl von Braun on uh, Tomorrowland. Carl von Braun was the uh, Nazi rocket scientist uh, oh. who famously who famously defected to the United States and helped us put a man on the moon, but he was a Nazi rocket scientist. Yeah. And so what I think the commentary there is corporate America doesn't give a shit about your political values, as long as you provide monetary value. And I think that's what we're seeing in Stormfront. They, they probably know Stormfront is a racist. They just don't care because the, the value that she provides, the monetary value that she provides and and the potential political power she creates it's kind of like it's a commentary on uh how corporate america didn't stop donald trump even though you know like uh and and not just donald trump but like QAnon and and that racist movement and and kind of courting white supremacists in general how corporate america still kind of does that to this day yeah because they they still spend money Racists spend money the same way as everyone else does. And so to a corporatist, to a pure capitalist, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if their views are repugnant. They still spend money like everybody else. So we have to cater to them as well. And I think that's what we're seeing from Vought. Like, I don't see, I don't see like an evil Nazi plot revealing itself. I see a much more callous, like, fuck it. Who cares? Politics is meaningless to us. We're Disney, you know? Right. Um, Something interesting that Stormfront says is you're mixing up nice with good, right? So essentially she's saying that you don't have to be nice to do good. So she's trying not to be nice. But in her weird twisted way, as I look back on it, it's, it's 
what I'm doing would be good. If I was to ethnically cleanse everything, it's not nice, but it is good. Yeah. Yeah, like I think I think Stormfront is going to prove herself to be an interesting character much like in the comic books where yeah, it's a Nazi Superman, but it's still Superman. Like he wants to do good, he's just a Nazi. Like I think cuz Stormfront if you remember in episode 2, she spends the whole episode like kind of bemoaning that they have to do the press conferences and she's like, right. "Let's get to our real job." Right. which is being a superhero. She wants to be a superhero. It's just her superheroics are fucked up. She has a fucked up definition of superheroics. Right. And for for uh, certain concerns, I, I don't want to go too far into this, but I think that certain people whose job it is to be heroes uh, in real life um, that think they're doing good can still be... Uh, pushing racist ideology by thinking they're doing good by doing bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like, yeah, uh, we, we see that all the time. Like I was reading an article the other day that was talking about how white supremacist fraternal organizations have infiltrated police departments all over the country right. that police officers are, are, like they're police officers and then they go to Nazi rallies and it's like, how the fuck does that make sense? How does it's, that add up? It's, it's, it's the, the hoops that you jump through in any line of work in any, whatever is that you're doing good, but it's like, but you just killed a bunch of people, but they deserve to die in order to, for there to be order for there to be good. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Exactly. So Stormfront being, good in her eyes uh and pushing like like my job is to be a hero not to be nice so yeah. i think that's an ideology that like uh at first at first glance i was like i agree with this you don't have to be nice to be good like just do the good but <laughs> then but it's like oh what is good you know yeah no yeah yeah i think it's i think it's a very good way of exploring morality you know, uh, the the philosophical notion of morality, is it niceness or is it goodness? But it's neither and both at the same time, because how do you define good? If you define good as ethno supremacy of white people, that's a very dangerous good. Right. But you can totally believe that that is your good. Right. Um, and you can believe that. And then in turn, you could say like, yeah, being being tolerant of other races is nice, but I'm not here to be nice. I'm here to be a good guy. Right. And it's weird because I originally I agreed with it because I was like, I was like, like, especially in this day and age, like, you don't don't be nice to Nazis, right? Yeah. You're you're only being good, you're only doing good by not being nice to Nazis. If you're nice yes. to Nazis, you're just being passive and that's not good. So what are you going to do? You know, which is great satire. Again, going back to going back to what makes the show so great is it's satire is so layered that it can take that sentence of like, you don't have to be nice. You have to be good. And then exploit that to twist that around in such a way where yes, that is true. And it's a, it's a good virtue to have, but it also could be bad. It could be right. taken any way you want to go with it. And that right. just shows you, that just shows you like these writers, these writers on this show are damn good at their job. 
They're and damn nice. good. This is what I'm hearing. And for. nice. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they nice? Are they good? Uh I mean, this is what I'm here for. Uh the comics again nauseate me. And truth be told, I'm not here for the hyperviolence of the boys. It scares me. Somebody's head's just gonna explode. Someone's gonna get their eardrums clapped in and writhe in a pool of their own blood. Like, I don't like that. That's not what I'm here for. But it's this, it's these other things that I like. And that's why I can't put this show down. Like, I can't, yeah. uh, you know? Daniel, well, how also, do you... I disagree with everything you guys have said so far. <laughs> but, um, no, I think I, it's interesting because uh, it, the writers do a good job, too, of sort of intermixing uh, some of the storylines like like for example this whole like morality issue that that's like stormfront's truth that's that's who she is um she's not deviating from that but i i actually think like her just bringing it up to starlight was a hint that this is going to be like starlight's whole storyline is going to be the morality issue because i don't know if it was in that same episode but she brings up just kind of this weird uh, religious uh not monologue but like Oh, with Gecko. Where, which kind of didn't lead to, I was like, where is it? Where are you going with this? She just kind of had this randomly placed religious conversation with him. Um, that she's she lost like, religion. Yeah. That's what I took it as. She, yeah, she, so she's religious. Kinda, she's lost religion. Yeah, which well, is kinda, it, kind of a morality thing there. We talk about like uh, Stormfront bringing up to her, like, why, you know, you don't have to be nice to be good or whatever the quote was. And yeah. then, um, uh, yeah, you just have this whole like her whole background she's you know whose side is she on is she on is she doing the right thing is she doing the wrong thing i mean like um it's really interesting that they could plant the seed uh you know of like this is who stormfront is but like make it starlight sort of issue uh the morality side of it because we also don't know too spoiler alert um yeah it was in episode three um that when her eyes light up, was she gonna kill Huey? Was she gonna turn around and kill uh, uh, Homelander when uh, she was gonna kill like, Huey? Do it. I, I saw it as that she was gonna kill Huey. Her eyes just light up, and I think it was meant to be sort of like we, you know, it's up for an interpretation. Um, mm. It could definitely be something Huey takes to heart in the next episode of him being like, "You were gonna try to kill me," and her be like, "No, I wasn't," and there be an argument there. But this sort of like morality issue. Um, it's really cool how they could plant the seed in all these places, but it seems like it's her battle almost. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. gecko stuff. The gecko stuff was interesting. Oh my it god, was gross. The gecko the stuff what? is gross. What? 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 The what? The gecko stuff. Yeah, G getting his arm chopped off. Get it, like he would get his oh, dick chopped oh, off for money. Oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, and then he's a corporate. Te like uh animal a test rat. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> how like, fucked up is Vought that they're they they gave that kid that power and they're like you have the power to heal from any injury so we're just gonna test a bunch of shit on you <laughs> like how yeah. fucked up is that uh but yeah uh, no i agree with i agree with daniel i think starlight is going to have a really interesting arc this season because um her character identity last season was struggling with her faith. Um, her faith with the superhero establishment, but also her faith mm. with her religion. 
And this season we have her lose her faith, you know, yeah. when she's like, there is no God, there, there is no Homelander, no one's there to save us. And so, yes, she has no moral center. And so that makes someone like Stormfront even more dangerous because, because what do we know about, about like white supremacist hate organizations? They prey on people who, who have, broken. who lack that, who, yeah, who are broken, who lack that moral center of their own. They fill them with their own stuff. So we could see that happening to her. Um, I could, I could totally see not her becoming a white supremacist, but her becoming her developing into a, a dangerous person herself in some new different way. Yeah, she seems I mean, to idolize Stormfront a little bit. There seems to be this respect thing where she wants and, to be friends. And if there is a split, she seems like she's still gunning after Homelander. He's, you right. know, he's the captain. Whereas like the boys now, it seems like they're going to be gunning after Stormfront. They're like, hey, let's put him aside. She's the who we need to go after right now. Yeah. Um, and so you could right. have that split between Huey and, and her of, uh, you know, the boys possibly wanting to work with Homelander and her being like, yeah. no, that's who we need to kill. We got to work with Stormfront and yeah. conflict ensues. They mention a character from the comic called Soldier Boy. Um, yeah. They mentioned that Soldier Boy fought in World War II against Germans. Um, suppose They've already cast Soldier Boy for... Uh, and for season I get, three, yeah. For season three, I, and I get it. Sounds like Soldier Boy, uh, which I guess you could make jokes about. But um, it's Jensen oh, Ackles. Jensen Ackles is going to be playing Soldier Boy in season three, which Who makes me think there might be a lot of uh, a lot of plot points that might move us into season three, especially for bringing back a World War Two era hero. It's Captain America, right? Essentially. Yeah. So, you know. I can't wait to see how they fuck up Captain America. Oh, it's, well, he's going to be ra- he's going to be a product of his time. He's going to be rate he's going to be ultimate Captain America if you if you read <laughs> if you've read that. Yes. It's I did he's going to be racist. I did read yeah, he's going to be racist. He's going to be sexist and he's going to be pro-America, right? Like that's there's going to be something that leads us to season three that we have this plot line of Soldier Boy. And I'm trying to figure out where it is, you know? Well, I'm excited for Lamplighter coming in later this season. Is Lamplighter coming in this season? Yeah, he's coming in this season. They cast uh, they cast Iceman from the X-Men franchise right, to play Sean him. Ashman. Yeah, Yeah, I'm psyched for that because he seems like uh, the little we got of him is he was an original member of the seven and that he killed uh, Colonel Mallory's family. So I'm interested to see like, what, what oh. is he, what is Lamplighter? But he's dead. Is he dead right now? No, they had, they've never confirmed him as dead. They just said he's no longer a member of the seven. Okay. Cause what was his powers? I, I don't remember. No one knows. He Fire, a, I would assume he so. He, 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 he has like, a torch. And Mallory said he burned the Mallory said she burned his family so badly that not even their teeth remained. So I imagine he has fire powers. Right. But yeah. Uh, in the comics, he dies and gets like kept alive as a zombie or something. It was like some yeah. weird thing like that. Dude, the comic is so gross. I just, the comic is not, <laughs> it's not as smart as the show. Like the it's show not. is so much smarter. 
like one of the things that scares me the most about the show <coughs> is yeah. the black I I black noir cannot be the same character. Uh yeah. But he has black to be noir very cannot be this Well, I hope not. Nothing nothing in the show has indicated to me that black noir is the same as the comic book. He can survive a blast from that terror. Yeah, but he was still burnt. Yeah. So so uh for those of you who haven't read the comics Black Noir is revealed to be the twin brother of the Homelander. No, he's a clone. Isn't he a clone? He's a clone. He, yeah, he's yeah. the clone. Well, he's twin brother clone. He has yeah. the same powers as the Homelander. And he's the one who's actually been doing all of the evil shit and drugging the Homelander and making the Homelander think that the Homelander was doing all the evil shit. The really evil was shit. I mean, Homelander really does evil, evil shit. shit. Like the, yeah. raping, the raping of Butcher's wife. Yeah. That was, that was Black Noir. Rape it's a stupid it. fucking reveal. It's 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 probably one of the stupidest fucking reveals I've ever read in comics, and I've read a lot of comics. <laughs> uh, but he can survive that blast. Uh, and we thought, like, I don't know, going into se- season two, I thought that terrorist guy was going to be uh, a bigger threat. But yeah, Black Noir took him I'm, down. He's- I'm kind of glad they took that character out. Yeah. Because I'm sick of seeing Islamic extremists as villains. Yeah. Uh, like Islamic Islamic extremism is a horrific thing enough in and of itself. But I think the West depicting it as a comic book supervillainy. Like I really liked how they did it. How they showed him being just as commercial. Like he's literally oh, yeah. working on his catchphrase before yeah. Black Noir shows up. And he says like the last thing he says is his catchphrase. And like, he's looking at his shirts, like he's just as commercial as everyone else. So kind of taking the steam out of uh, uh, Islamic extremism of being like, they're just as fake as everybody else. I thought that was a really good way of just resolving that plot. Cause yeah, yeah, I I would not have wanted, I would not have wanted him to be like an active terror. Like I don't need Jack Ryan season fucking one shit in, in my boys. Yeah. Um, there's a kid at the end of that scene that Black Noir takes the head to. Yeah. He like takes the head to that kid's bedroom, and then what? The kid and the baby are going to team up. <laughs> <laughs> plus plus, the, plus laser, the laser vision baby, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all set up for the Boys Junior, the spinoff series, <laughs> yeah. which is just about a bunch of kids. The little boys. The baby boys. The little boys. (laughs) The baby baby boys. boys. (laughs) The baby boys, led by uh, Mother's Milk. Oh. Uh, Dude, I am so glad that they didn't do that in the the TV show. I am so glad they didn't do that, because that was so fucking gross. Daniel, Daniel, in the comics, do you want to know why Mother's Milk is named Mother's Milk? I mean, the way you put it makes me want to say no, but sure. (laughs) Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Hero. Uh, the character of Mother's Milk, uh, he his mother ha- was he was on Compound V and turned into this blob-like creature with tentacle boobs that nursed his him and gave him strength. So yes. there's this so there's Mother's this Milk. Monster Mother's Milk basement. is a superhero. Yeah, Mother's Milk is a superhero. He has superpowers. But he only has superpowers uh, for an hour after he drinks his mother's milk. 
And so he keeps his mother trapped in a basement and milks her regular as a blob monster and regularly milks her so that he can keep his superpowers. Well, now you're just turning me on. I don't know. uh... (laughs) Oh, oh, Uh, the blob part. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not supposed to be the one asking questions because it's your show, Dimitri. But what what do you think about the the side episode? I, what do you think about the format of the way Amazon's released three episodes and then mm. and, and then the did you hear about the like side story that's supposed to come out at some point? There's a side story. There apparently they have two. Uh, it was something like they had enough footage of of what um, uh, the butcher. Um, okay where he was uh-huh. and they decided not to put it in episode two they decided they were going to come out with a uh there's gonna be oh. a side episode release somewhere they said in the middle of the season of like just a random all about where where the butcher was um, and they said there's really no point to it like story-wise other than like, <laughs> it's just fun yeah it's gonna I- answer I'm the cool question of where he got that track suit how did he get that tracksuit? You know what's oh. funny? That might, that might be it because it said in the article there's one uh, reference that you wouldn't get unless you see the side story, and it, they might be talking about that. Oh, okay. Uh, so. uh, I'm I'm okay, so, so fucking down. I love the uh, idea of doing a whole side episode that has nothing. It has no impact on the series at all. It just answers the question of where the fuck did he get the tracksuit from? It's just it's just well, I love Car- it. Carl Urban being Carl Urban, right? Like yeah, I, it's just him being like, oh yeah, yeah, fuck that, yeah, so for, you know. Well, I just I I like I like the restraint as like wh- whoever's decision or the you know director, writer, showrunner, whatever, uh, just to be like, look, this doesn't help the episode. We're taking all of this stuff out for yeah. to have a better episode, and let's just do this random like side story. Thing. Like who yeah. cares? It's it's yeah. on a streaming thing. Don't watch it if you don't want to watch yeah. it. Like. It's very comic book. Like you could that. have like a mini series on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can have your your series and then like a little one shot of something. Yeah. They do they do that in uh Walking Dead. There's been a couple of like Negan one shots where it's like one comic of like, "Oh, what's Negan up to?" Boom. And it's separate than the series and you can read it or you don't. And it's very comic book in that way. Yeah, it is very comic book. I also really liked the how in the first episode Carl Urban isn't in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I really like that. Right, right. Yeah, he's yeah. he's at the very very end, but the whole episode it really helped ratchet up the tension of like, fuck, what happened? Yeah, I thought that was really I thought that was a really strong choice. Right. Well, also, they like it 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 uh, hey it showed too. I mean, because you see the boys doing all this stuff on their own, they're kind of getting you know somewhere and then they're not it just it it like reinforced the idea that like look as as uh, shitty as you might be in certain ways you need it everybody needs each other here and yeah. it was like nice to be reminded of that as an audience like oh yeah like yeah you guys can get stuff done on your own but you all need each other at the end right uh but it was also oh, showing a how big old family it was showing how instrumental huey is right yeah yeah like he was pulling That's what i mean weight. on both sides yeah they yeah. all need each other yeah um am i to- am i the only one like shipping really really hard for kimiko and frenchie to just like express their love for each other i don't know i i i, I like his love for her but i don't want her to be sexual 
No, I don't want it to be sexual either. I just yeah. want Frenchie to admit that like he's in love with her. Well, there was the thing. Like, like, like uh, fangirl. Your, your tongue's up her ass, halfway up her ass. And he's like, huh. you know. Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't scene. mind it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's <okay>. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no, I, I don't want it to be sexualized. I want it to yeah. be pure and innocent. I'm reading Jane Austen right now. So I just want, I just want like a heartfelt, <laughs> I want a heartfelt confession of love. That's uh, all I need. Maybe like a letter, like a letter being yes, written? A long letter, a long ponderous letter expressing how much they love each other. In, in what language? Because It would just say girl, 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 yeah. girl, girl, girl. Yeah. You boy. Know. Boy. <laughs> boy. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one that like that needs to be a little stronger. I, I hope they do a little bit more of that because everyone, all the boys right now have very strong wants at this point. It's just like why are we do it? The one dude like wants to go see his his wife and his daughter again. And uh, yeah. you know, we we all know what the butchers want is at this point. He always want and it's like Frenchie and the uh the girl. I don't know. It's not as strong. Like, I don't know if they're one is like their love for each other is what's I don't well, really now, know. Now, now Kimiko wants revenge. Right. Hers is pretty clear now, but yeah, yeah. French yeah. is the only Ooh, one. Ooh, so bad. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait for that fight. That fight is going to be legit. She's, I mean, she's going to get the crap beaten out of her first, though. Like, like Stormfront is more powerful than Kimiko. Kimiko went up against Black Noir. Uh, when was that? Season one, remember? She like she was able to handle her own against Black Noir. Mm. But Stormfront has range uh, versus Black Noir. Yeah. Not, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Stormfront, like Kimiko couldn't defeat Stormfront at that, like in that fight in episode three. Well, do That's we know? True. Do we know? Either their weaknesses? I don't think we do at this point. What is Kimiko's like? Does she have a weakness? Not I mean, a weakness. Brother, well, she could be knocked unconscious, like, right? Yeah, but it's like it seems like with her brother, it was like, well, if you don't have access to your hands, oh. But with yeah. her, she, she, I don't know what her, uh, you know, who's to say she would lose in a fight because I don't know what would bring her down. Yeah, the electricity. We'll just have like to you wait see it in out. episode three. Right, like I you mean, see Stormfront like... like blaster, yeah, you know. But I mean, it's gonna be one of those things like Kimiko's gonna pull like a weather vane and just like shove it through her. You know what I mean? Like something random, <laughs> you know? Like the it's... deep, the deep saves the day. I don't know. Is oh. the deep gonna die? Like all these characters are so expendable. Like anyone could die. You know. I didn't think that CIA lady would die, but she got like that shocked me the most. That was the most like quickest death. I was like, ah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That one didn't surprise me too much just because she's a well-known enough actress that I was like, this series isn't using her enough. They're probably going to kill her soon. And when she was starting to piece shit together, she was like, wait a minute. This is my last scene in this TV show because Uh, I'm about to poof. And I'm like, well, uh, called that. Who? What was that? It wasn't a bullet. Somebody. No, it was a bomb. That, like there was a bomb in her head, or maybe there's some other. So fucking all CIA have dude. bombs in their heads. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I was know. a little confused too. I I got the impression that it was like a bomb got put in there. Some and well, that's why or no, maybe they put it through the nose or I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. 
Well, that's constant. Yeah. Like that's like shorthand for oh, my brain is bleeding. Like in anything, right? It's bleeding out the nose. It's always yeah. like, yeah. oh, shit. You know. Um, uh, ask well, ask ask the forum. Ask Twitch. What do they think? I don't know. Why did her head blow? Maybe she had a COVID test. She <laughs> <laughs> died of COVID, actually. Uh, uh, the 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 boys, their face, it actually was legitimately funny when they're piecing out in the van, like her head explodes, and they're like, ah! <laughs> like, yeah. that part was funny. Yeah, when Huey's like, is my head going to explode? Is my right. head going to explode? Oh, oh man. Um, that's that's the thing. That's what I was saying about punctuating violence with humor. Like they undercut the violence of that scene by having us react like, oh, like how we would react if someone's head exploded. We would bug the fuck out and be like, is my head going to blow up now? Am I next? Is this going to yeah. happen to me? Right. Uh, As I pick brains out of my hair. That was <laughs> gross. When he was when he was oh, getting the brains yeah. out of his hair. Dude, their, their budget for this season, it like. Oh my God. What oh, insane. Yeah. There's just like so many things that I see that I'm just like, they could have rewritten that to make that so much cheaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, except well, yeah, the for, whole there whale was one scene. thing. Yeah. The whole entire. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. They built a giant ass whale. Yeah. <laughs> Not to measure the CG of just like all the animals chasing them to get there. Plus yeah. they're on a yacht in the middle of the ocean film. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Even just a funeral scene looked expensive for uh translucent <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah. true uh i think though uh what was i gonna say oh the only thing that stood out to me was the edit from the terrorist head versus the decapitated head looked like a prop that was the only yeah thing. that that was cgi yeah that yeah that, that oh, was it wasn't cgi it was like it was like a it was like a prosthetic head well, yeah, but they holding. CGI'd the prosthetic head because his eye was twitching. As he was oh. holding him, his eye was twitching. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Dimitri. That wasn't his real head. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, Dimitri no, demands that when you take no. someone's head off, you commit to the act. Yeah. No, I, I just up. thought I just I thought you could have gotten a better better prosthetic because it looked like a wax head, you know. But okay. Well, that's, that's the uncanny valley, bro. You're fighting. You're fighting what two million years of evolution for us to be able to recognize faces from fake shit yeah like that's hard that's to true. do plus they uh, had to buy a beating heart of a the inside of a whale so nasty man it was so nasty it's always uh, also what's nasty is that dolphin from season one like i it's yeah it's so fucked it's so fucked you know um Really quick, back to Daniel saying about the, how did we feel about like them releasing the three episodes and then they're going to do one episode per week. Uh, and it's yeah. something that like I've always talked about on the uh, on the show is I don't like when they like bulk release seasons. Because, for example, we would have had to watch 12 whole episodes of The Boys or whatever the season is. We would have to watch it's all that eight. to be able to talk about it. Is it only eight? That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So point being is we'd have to watch all that. I like, I think it's better for TV culture when they release an episode every week. You can talk about it, let it sit, think about it, and look forward to the next episode. That's my personal opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, so much happens just in three episodes that it's just like, yeah, you just combine things and you pick it apart. When you have them one episode at a time, you're just like, yeah, you would savor it more. You're just like, oh my god, that 
whole scene and this whole thing that happened it's a show where just like shocking things are continuously happening so it's like yeah it's nice like especially for this kind of a show to like get a week to let it soak in and like oh my god this person died uh this thing happened like yeah and this is the type of show that like this is the type of show that you're not going to give up and not come back right yeah i mean it's like for me i i think i started watching game of thrones around season five so i binge watched the whole five seasons and and uh, yeah that show in my opinion was not meant to be binge watched like so many huge things happen constantly and people are always dying that just like yeah it was still great and i still liked it but like i can only imagine if i had that week every time to really like soak it in and i think this is one of those shows too on on a different level but like yeah yeah they're just like westworld's the same same way big things are yeah 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 i I tried watched a week at a time I tried to binge season three of Westworld and it was just too much. There was too much going on that I couldn't, it took me out of the story. I'm like, I can't buy this as a fucking happening. Too much nonsense is going on. But I really liked how the boys did it by releasing the three episodes because it was like a nice arc. It's like we got, we got the Kimiko brother slash Stormfront arc. And it gave us, because had they just released episode one, I feel like it would have been a weak introduction. It would have been like we needed all three of those episodes, Almost and it, like a it TV felt kind movie. of like a movie. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a TV movie. Like, like that's the whole story. Now I'm invested. Now I can move on. What's going to happen next week? Like, Ooh, I thought that was yeah. really smart. Like they released an arc rather than just an episode. Yeah, yeah. It feels like we're in like we're in Act Two now, which is nice as opposed to yeah. like. Yeah, we would have been like kind of in the middle of Act One at the end of the first episode or something. Right, because that yeah. first episode was Act One of this movie, right? This three-episode yeah. movie. That because yeah. that first one was just introductions. It's like, mm-hmm. where are they now? And then let's you know, let's see. So you're right; it does fit perfectly with an arc. And I doubt like episode four, five, six will feel the same way. It's probably a full-on show. At that oh point. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's. I think if if they were to do that every season, like every season they release the first three episodes, and then they release the rest of the series weekly. I think that would be a really good model. I think I think more shows should do that because yeah, you always have that obligatory catch up episode where it's yeah. like the like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is a great example, Daniel. The first episode of every season of Game of Thrones is completely superfluous because all they do is they tell you these people that you know are still alive are still alive. Mm. And it's like nothing happens in the first episode, so just skip it. Just yeah. give us the first episode and then give us something a little bit more. Well, know? as long as as long as those first three episodes are produced in that way where there is yeah. an arc and you treat it like its own story, and then you move into the to the real meat and potatoes of the series. I think that would work because uh, a lot of other shows have done that, where you release the first three episodes, and it hasn't felt the same way as Boys mm-hmm. season two. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying. I mean, because all these streaming services are trying this out. They're like, well, we were bulk releasing episodes, but then like Hulu now doesn't bulk release. I think they do the three episode. And then go weekly from that point on. So yeah, I, they're they're experimenting. We're still trying to figure out what do what do we as a society want from our entertainment. I don't know. Happiness. You know? Yeah. Uh, the boys Escape. also. The boys also has a commentary uh, show. They have the inside the boys or whatever. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, some people say it's like double dipping. Do you guys have any uh, opinions about those like talk shows? That. But like, you know, that style of like the talking dead talking and dead, like, yeah. and like insecure had one and like, that's insecure. And it's like, that's just like a drama comedy. Like, why do you have well, an after I, show? You know, I think, I think any show that formats itself talking about another show for two hours is a fucking repugnant, <laughs> stupid idea. Like any oh. show that just gets a bunch of comedians to riff on a show that they all <laughs> just watched. It's so fucking stupid. I can't imagine. It's like, why can't you create content on your own yeah. original content? Just, just make You're original content. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do you have to piggyback on someone else's great ideas? You know? Yeah. Uh, By the way, I don't know. I, I, I know it's a little early, but next week when we do the recap show of this of this show uh, <laughs> it's gonna be same time so yeah yeah you yeah are, you'll have all of his toys by then yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it, it's it's the deal is half of what i have so next week you'll get a fourth because it's half this week we'll get a fourth and eighth so it's slowly oh. you know what i mean that's how the contract works so i don't yeah i don't i don't get left with nothing daniel will always get something um that is all the time that we have for today's episode. Uh, I feel like we talked about a lot of shit. And, uh, I mean, some people said it couldn't be done. Some people, some naysayers said said that, uh, what What are you thinking, Dimitri? You're doing a two-hour show? Come on, you idiot. You, you handsome, sexy man. Is, two is hours? What, is, is what they said, you know? Uh, but two hours is a long time. But, no, you got that nitty-gritty, and we went over it. So, uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. If you're on Twitch, please give us a follow. Uh, help us out. Uh, we got 80 followers now, I think, uh, which is cool. Wow. Uh, we're, just, we're working our way up, you know? We're working our way up. Now, the point is we got to get all 80 followers to watch us at once. Uh, I think that's yes. the, the next step. Um, actually, truth be told, to be a Twitch partner, you have to hit a bunch of criteria, which we've hit, except for... 70 i think 70 or 75 people all at once like mm. that's that's the thing that's going to take the longest to hit but we're working our way there whoever's wow. watching right now throw a a party an outdoor watch party with all 80 people and then they're all <laughs> no yeah that's no, how that don't works do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes you know? do it perfect <laughs> labor day weekend party bring yeah. your own computer though and you'll all watch from that <laughs> yeah yeah, bring your own computer. We can do that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're watching this on Twitch, click follow. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, click uh, subscribe or follow or like or whatever it is. Give us a little review. Uh, that'd be nice. Um, uh, if you love memes, if you love staying updated with us, follow us on Instagram at the Keeg Show. We also have other social media like Twitter and Facebook and stuff and feel free. Follow us there. Thank you uh, uh, for watching and listening. Daniel, uh, what do you got coming up? Where can people find you? If you want to say it out loud, say your social media and then uh, tell us what's coming up. Well, I'm doing a uh, review show about how much the boys season two sucked. So I got to change my mindset <laughs> and do that yeah. next. Yeah. Oh, that'll be hard. Reform my <laughs> thoughts. And uh, I live stream every night. 
on different social media platforms, which you can find at danieleaches.com. Click on the tour tab and I got where I do my live stream stand up and all that good stuff. And if you're over 40, I need alcohol. So hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Hero, uh, what's your social media and uh, where can people find you and what do you got coming up? Yeah, so I have uh, at Hero is my name That is my social media. That's my mostly it's just pictures of food. Um, but you can also follow me at Shakespeare, Shakespeare Hero. Uh, that's pictures of me as Shakespeare because I play Shakespeare at the Renaissance Fair. Um, you can also follow me at Fancy Hobo Improv. Uh, Fancy Hobo uh, is my improv team. We do comedy. We do uh, comedy on YouTube. So you can follow us. You can check us out every Friday at 8 p.m. for Hazards and Hijinks, which is a D&D inspired improv long form show. It's a lot of fun. We play D&D together and have crazy madcap adventures. And I would love for you guys to come check it out. Uh, Outside of that, I need to call my grandma and have the same conversation that I have every night with her. (laughs) Um, Fancy Hobo uh, is really awesome. It's great that you guys have been staying active during quarantine. Cause that's a big yes, thing for imp- improv hard. teams. A lot of improv teams have not, uh, uh, you know, uh, laugh chance included. It's like, I don't know. Doing improv over zoom is tough, but the fact that it you is. guys, you guys have a handle on it, um, w- which is awesome. So well, if you guys want to see, thank if you guys want to see improv, check out fancy hobo improv. Um, thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys, Daniel hero, uh, for coming on a Saturday. I know you guys could be at a rave, you know, at some like Coachella event, or something uh, right now. It just happened to be that I was available. But you happen to be available. I'm so available. I am the most available comedian. My next next rave doesn't start until 7, so I'm good. (laughs) Cool, 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 cool. uh, For those of you guys who are between raves right now, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to watch and listen to this show. Follow us on social media, blah, blah, blah. I already said it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Once again, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and this has been... The Keeg Live. Take care, guys. Peace. Super strong or super fast Gotta beat